Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff. You can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at HokieSmash underscore ASD. Our guest tonight is Evan Roberts, who you can follow on Twitter at Red White Podcast. I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now as we get a word from our sponsor. Thank you, Jeff. So here's the deal, man. Here's the deal. We just have an awesome sponsor here now. And he and and it is an awesome. It is just a terrific, great sponsor that's been with us for quite some time. Uh, We are sponsored by Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg, Virginia. They are at 301 South Main Street, Suite 107, Blacksburg, Virginia, 24060. You can follow Main Street Pharmacy on Twitter at at Main Street Farm. That's at Main Street, P-H-A-R-M. Evan, are you with us? Jeff, are you with us? Yes, sir. I can hear you loud and clear. Okay. We appear to be having technical difficulties with our guest with our guest tonight. And it, you know, I can, I can see it live. I can see our, I can see it live when, when I go, when I, when I go, but apparently our guest can't see, I can't, our guest can't see it live and I'm not getting any indication of, of other, of, of it otherwise. Ah, you're with us, Evan. I think I see you. Is that right, Evan? Are you on? Evan, are you there? Hello. Maybe. You are there, Evan. What's up, man? Dude, Dude man, dealing with this nonsense. No, it's no nonsense, man. You're a special. Yeah. Hu- no, you're a special human being. This is nonsense. <laughs> you are a spe- no, dude. You're a special human being. <laughs> Download an app. Can't use my microphone. Oh, dude, you're a this special is- human being. That's all I got to say. This is ridiculous. <laughs> give you a hard time here, man. Okay, man. We are thrilled that you're here with us tonight, man. You have been on this pot. You've been a a huge supporter of this site and this podcast. And we gladly return the favor over the years to you because you've been such an awesome guest on this site. And it's been fun watching your site and your presence and your content grow, man. So we are here tonight with Evan Evan Roberts, who's just been, as I said, has just been a great friend of this podcast of our site. You can follow Evan on Twitter at, at Red White Podcast. And I, I want to give Evan a chance to plug everything that he's doing right now because as i said it's been some it's been just a huge huge growth over the past year year and a half i mean the pandemic had people in the in their houses and and it and it really took the creativity level of of evan roberts in the in the in the nc nc state athletic reporting and podcasting to another level so i'm here to give you the floor ready when you are evan thanks for joining us tonight of course, I appreciate it, y'all. Um, people can find find our stuff at redwhitenetwork.com. 
Uh, it's where our podcast, where our content live. We just try to cover state and the ACC without any BS. We don't sugarcoat it. We give you give it to you real. Uh, podcast has been been growing well. Uh, last couple of years, we're on episode I don't know two forty this week. Um, and yeah, it's been picking up traction, but if anybody wants to find us, you know, red, white podcast on Twitter, red, white is where all our stuff is. And it's been good, man. I mean, it's just, it's been really good content and you know, it's been fun for a fun for us to fun for us to watch it. Jeff. All right. Thanks, Matthew. All right, Evan, let's get right into some ACC football from this past week. You know, which ACC football team was the most disappointing in week 12 and which ACC team was the most impressive in Week 12 for you? Okay. Um, disappointing? Probably Boston College losing at home. Well, I know Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, probably. Georgia Tech getting smoked by Notre Dame. Oh, they're getting kind of used to it now. I but got a lot still, of thoughts like, on that later for later. <laughs> they've, they've at least shown fight in most of their games. And then just to roll over dead against Notre Dame, I thought was – I mean, that was a poor showing. And then you start seeing people question uh, Jeff Collins' job status. was like, all right, that's kind of crazy coming from the triple option, but they also just rolled over against Notre Dame. And it's just, uh, you know, that was, that was not something I expected to see. A team that played hard most of the year in, in games like that. And then, I don't know, man, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty bad. Like, Virginia Tech would be the other one, but they've, you know, they fired their coach. You kind of let them off the hook there. They're they're probably on quit watch. BC losing at home to Florida State, I thought it was not great, but, you know, at least Florida State's been playing better. I think Georgia Tech's probably the biggest disappointment of the weekend. All right, very, very fair there on Georgia Tech. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to leave that for my rant. I got a couple choice words for Jeff Collins and where that program is heading, kind of a continuation of last week's open mic. But, um, you know, we, let's go, as we go into week 13, um, or did we get your most impressive team in week 12? Um, most impressive. I mean, it's, it's gotta be the pack. Uh, if, if I'm, if I'm being honest, nothing. Nobody really blew me away. The pack at least dominated a lesser opponent. You know, you could say you could probably argue Clemson, but I wasn't surprised Clemson won that game, and I wasn't surprised the way they were they won it. That's what we've been saying the whole time. Wake can't stop anybody rushing the ball. Clemson's going to rush the ball, and they did. That's exactly what they did, and it's as expected. Um, State having a, an emotional game the previous week, and I, I guess it's probably the homer pick, but you know. The emotional game the, the previous week, they could have folded, right? They lost that game at Wake. They could have, you know, done nothing, but they came out a little slow start, but they just dominated Syracuse like they should have. I think it was one of the few teams this week that actually did what they were supposed to and actually win, you know, impressively. All right, absolutely. Um, you know, we're getting into week 13 now, and which ACC football game are you looking forward to? to the most and and this is rivalry week and I, I love rivalry week because this is when good seasons can become great uh, decent seasons can become good or you can go in the opposite direction you know your your whole season can go down a notch when you don't when you don't win that rivalry game 
I know NC State's got a big one, and I know you've got a couple games you are definitely have got your eye on. Well, I mean, there's only two games anybody should be watching from the ACC this week. Like the rest of them, rest of them are nothing. They mean nothing. Wake, BC, and State Carolina. That's it. Those are the two games. The Coastal's done. None of those games matter. You know, Clemson's playing South Carolina. The game doesn't matter. Georgia Tech, Georgia, it doesn't matter. You know, the only two games that matter for anybody who's an ACC football fan are State, Carolina, and Wake, BC. I mean, that's brutal honesty, but that's that's how that's how it is. All right. Um, which which ACC team could be on upset alert in Week 13 if they're, you know. Well, I was about. We usually have this if they're looking to a game on their ahead on their schedule, but only only the ACC title game participants, you know, will be in that game. Um, yeah, I mean, Wake Forest, they're they're the ones that should be on upset alert. Uh, BC has a legit chance to beat them. You know, I don't know, I don't know Wake's status after playing Clemson, but usually teams after. Playing Clemson lose. It's just like the Clemson hangover. They put it all out there and they, you know, whatever the outcome of the game is, next game they typically have a hangover. Now Wake Wake is a little bit better. I think Wake's better than BC. You know, offensively they'll score. But BC, you know, with Jerkovic back, they can play. Um, you know, just going to have to count on Zay Flowers and uh, Jerkovic lighting them up and then, you know, getting Garwo going on the ground. But, you know, that one's interesting. Uh, probably the most interesting, I would think, um, and probably the most potential for the underdog to win, in my opinion. Okay, Evan, let's step out of the ACC for a bit here. Which national FBS game are you looking forward to uh, the most in Week 13? And we're wide open with this question. And give us a winner of, of that game. Or if there's a oh, couple man. games on your uh-huh. mind, go for it. I got. I don't even think. I got to think about who's playing this week. The only game that matters to me is State Carolina and Wake BC, uh, Ohio State, Michigan. Who else is playing? Uh, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's going to be interesting. But those, you know, ridiculous part about that is going to be a rematch two weeks later or a week later in the Big Twelve Championship game. Um, yeah, hold on. Let me get a schedule. I'm not even sure offhand. I don't even know who's playing. Who's yeah, your game? I'm really, I mean, I'm looking. For, I, I'm. I mean, I'm, I look at the rivalry games. I mean, I think, um, you know, I'm st- staying with the ACC here. I'm. I'm really kind of intrigued by Florida State and Florida. I mean, those are you know not two not two good t- teams there. Let, let's not mistake that at all. But I, I'm. I'm intrigued by how uh, Novell is finishing the season. Um, you know, Florida State could go six and six, but finish with wins over Miami and Florida. And, and that'll kind of, you know, get them in the good graces of the fan base, uh, finishing finishing strong like that. I think I think Louisville, um, you know, has a decent chance against uh, Kentucky. I think they're a team that's playing better towards the end of the season. Malik Cunningham is, is playing well. You, you kind of mentioned Clemson and South Carolina. Um, you know, like you said, not not a lot on the line um, as far as rankings or anything go. But you know, it's a lot of straight pride there. And, you know, Clemson, after a struggle start uh, to the beginning of the year, I mean, that that could be a good finish for them to even in a down year to go to go nine and to go nine and three. And then, of course, um, you know, the national game, Ohio State 
Michigan. I think that's the one, you know, from a national standpoint, we're all watching. Uh, I didn't really mention Georgia, Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, that, that's a live scrimmage for Georgia preparing for Alabama there. But, you know, playoff implications with Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, I, th- I think the Buckeyes yeah. are, are probably playing. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Evan. No, no, you're good. I was just going to say, yeah, I got the schedule up. Like the Egg Bowl is always interesting, but yeah, it doesn't mean yep. a whole lot. Uh, ECU Cincinnati, I think, is going to be an interesting game to watch. East Cincinnati going to the Purple Pirates. Uh, you know, that is, uh, it might be on the upset alert down there. ECU has a tendency to do stupid things when that when that matters. And, you know, Mike Houston on the radar for the Hokies. They might want to watch that game. What was the other game I just saw? Yeah, Ohio State. And then, uh, you know, the Iron Bowl is interesting, but again, it doesn't mean a whole lot unless by some chance Alabama loses. You know, then they, you know, loses, loses twice again. You know, if they lose to Georgia, do they, do they get, still get in the playoff. But I mean, other than that, there's really, I, I think they're interesting games. The Civil War is one I always like to watch, but they're just, you know, the, the, there's no meaning behind most of these games. It's just kind of weird this year, other than, you know, Oklahoma State and then Carolina State and then, uh, BC Wake. The rest of them are um, pretty empty as far as meeting, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but that, with that Ohio, Ohio State game, I mean, I, I think the Buckeyes are playing as well as anybody in college football right now outside of uh, Georgia. I mean, I would definitely, you know, have them ranked ahead of Alabama. And, I, you know, I'm really seeing if they can build – you know, on that Michigan State win where they you know, they just blew out the, the Spartans. Maybe the Spartans were a little bit, you know, a hair overrated coming into that game. But, I mean, they still just absolutely, you know, walloped them uh, in, in the first half and just kind of cruised in the second half. And if they do, you know, something similar to Michigan, I mean, you've got to put them right up there with Georgia as, as a team, you know, as the two teams that are going to go into the playoff as the odds-on uh, favorites. Um so with that said, I'm going to turn it over to Matthew, and uh, you know we're going to get into the uh, subject that that's near and dear to your heart, Evan. Evan, this is this part of the show you're going to enjoy because we got a couple questions on NC State, and first I'm going to ask you now because we had you on the very beginning of the year. What do you think about NC State football up until up until this point here, man? The- yeah, it's interesting, man. I, I don't. I'm not sure where where I lie at the moment. Uh, like before the season, I had them ten and two, eleven and one, and you know, it sounds stupid, but they still should have done it. They should have beaten Miami. They should have beaten Wake. They could have beaten Mississippi State. They didn't play well, so you know that game wasn't super close. But the other two were, uh, you know, State was the better team, and they lost those games. So from that regards, I'm disappointed. Disappointed that we lost at Wake and took things out of our own control but as a state fan you know you're still in it you still have a chance win this weekend you know this game actually means something and then you know hopefully bc takes care of wake and you kind of backdoor into the championship you know it's it's still it's kind of bittersweet it's a good it's a good season you know if they if they end up beating carolina and win nine it's good if they don't they lose to carolina and it's only eight i'd probably be pretty disappointed I ran a poll on Twitter before the year started and asked would people be happy with eight wins, you know, and there were 1,600-some votes, and, you know, 65% of people said no. So I'm not alone in there. 
And I understand that they've had some injuries to starters and whatnot, but the defense has been legit all year, and that's not really the reason why they lost those games. So I, I don't know. My I hadn't really formulated my opinion on on them yet. I'm happy where they are. They're actually a good team. I've said that every week. I think we're a good team. I think that gives us a chance. I there's been some questionable um, coaching decisions that have left some people with uh, a bad taste in their mouth, despite you know, having a good year. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Um, let's go on to, I mean, the winter winter sports are starting, right? And ACC basketball is going to be in full swing here pretty, pretty soon with conference play. You're getting a lot of non-conference play in. We're going to get your thoughts on NC State men's basketball and where you think the program's headed. Oh, shit. That where they're headed? Um, they're headed as far as Darion Sebron can take them because the rest of the team is schizophrenic. You don't know what you're going to get from them. Um, I think they are headed down the wrong direction, if I'm being honest. I don't think there's, you know, optimistically you could say, hey, yeah, this, this team's got some talent, but a lot of them are young. If they can, you know, grow quickly then maybe they have a chance to fiddle finish middle of the pack but uh, you know if we're being honest losing Manny Bates early in the year there's no depth behind him in that position not a great shooting team we tried to press which we do you know quite a bit and then you know a team like Oklahoma State just breaks the press with ease it's not super effective against teams with uh, comparable talent but Darion Sebron is worth the price of admission. If you don't watch anybody, watch him. He's a walking double double for the five for the first five games. He had double double. The fifth one, he missed by one rebound. He, he does it all, and he's just, you know, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable to watch coast to coast. He's faster than anybody I've seen in, in such a long time. And at that size, he's six seven, handles the ball like a point guard. He's just he's a he's a night. Um, Matchup nightmare for most teams. And so he's going to have to quite literally carry this team as far as I, he can do it, you know, as far as he can go. Um, I don't think – I'm not optimistic about this team at this point. You know, I've watched them five games so far this year, and it's none of them have been um, – I don't know something to write home about, right? They, they beat Colgate, which is going to turn out to be a good win. So they have, you know, they have a bit of grit in them where they can, you know, pull a game like that out. But also you're, they were down at halftime to Central Connecticut or Central Connecticut State. I don't even remember which one it was. And then they were just down at halftime to Texas Southern. And you're like, you shouldn't be, not at home. You shouldn't be in that position in those games. So, yeah, not optimistic at this point. I hear you, man. I hear you, man. And now it's open microphone time. And I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to use my open microphone time here, guys, to ask Evan a couple of questions because we're going to get your view on ACC foot on ACC football. There's, there may or may not be an opening at Miami. There may or may not be an opening at Duke. For And I'm talking about football here for both of those programs. And, of course, we've got my the Virginia Tech team with, that does have an opening. And so – at this point, you know, like 
I'm, assu I, I'm assuming myself, guys, that there's going to be three openings here at the end of the year because Miami fired Miami fired their athletic director. I'm also assuming that Duke is going to move on because they 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 are they're just not a good football team, and that and so if I were to ask you today, Evan, who do you think? Who do you think uh, Duke should target for their football coach? And who do you think Miami should target for their football coach? And let me caveat that, right? Because, you know, a lot of people are talking about, about Mario Cristobal to be a potential Miami head football coach. But I, I'm not really all in on that, something like that happening, given the fact that I actually think that Oregon has a pretty darn good chance to be in the college football playoff next year given the fact that they only have seven seniors seniors. And I'm not really sure that Mario Cristobal would want to leave that given the state that he's probably, he probably has a very good chance next year to, 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 to make a deep run at Oregon. So I'm, I'm curious on your thought thoughts, at least on those first two coaching, coaching, uh, coaching openings, because I think they're coming to Duke and Miami. And the second part of that question is uh, do you think Virginia Tech's going to get their likely person? Because I, I think Virginia Tech, personally, I think Virginia Tech is targeting Billy Napier as its one and one A type of guy to come in to Virginia Tech. So the floor is here, uh, yours here, Evan, on answering those those questions, and we Duke should go after Will Healy uh, from Charlotte. The complete opposite of Cutcliffe. They. I know he hasn't won quote big down there, but it's a it's a tough job. He and you know he will enough time, but at least somebody like that can bring some energy to your program, which is lifeless at this point. And I, I think you you know go young, take a shot at him, and and see what happens. I think he's um, you know he's proven it at tougher jobs, and I think he would. I think he would do well at Duke, or you know, well enough. I think Cutcliffe has been five years too long. I like I, I don't know why they haven't shown him the door a while ago. Miami, Miami's a little trickier. Yeah, you know they they're, they're probably firing Manny. I don't know if they should fire Manny, but you know they're playing they're playing well now. They finally realize, hey, let's play our young guys. Let's play you know Van Dyke, who's actually been really good the last you know four or five weeks. And, you know, do they recognize that? I don't know. I think the Miami fans I've talked to are kind of checked out on Manny, despite them still winning. I think the Florida State, if they had they had beaten Florida State, then my, Manny might have been safe. But I think that was just one of those things that's going to push them over the edge. Who do they target? I don't know. I'm with you. I don't think Cristobal, like, I'm not leaving Oregon for Miami. Or the Pac-12 the Pac is winnable. You don't have to face Clemson. You are the big dog, right? USC is a mess. UCLA, UCLA is no good. Nobody else out there is any good. So why would you do that unless you have some just infatuation with Miami? You know, they should go after – they could go after somebody. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who they'd be satisfied with, right? You know, they, they would want – they want a name, but I don't know if that's good enough for them. You know, Hugh Freeze is going to be mentioned with all these jobs with Florida now that they're open, LSU. I think he would do well at all these jobs because, you know, he <laughs> pulls no punches. He doesn't care, you know, doesn't follow the rules, doesn't need to. All those places, 
will help him in that in that regard. So he'll get talent and he'll win, right? He's good enough to do that. So, you know, that'd be one of the guys that I would mention for Miami. I don't really know like who else is a fit down there. I've been thinking about that one for for a while now. And you know, they, they always mention Lane Kiffin, but I don't know. He's gonna be in the he's gonna be mentioned for all those jobs too. I just don't I don't see it. Like culturally I don't see that's a fit. So I'm not sure who Miami is going gonna go after. It will be interesting. I think Virginia Tech is going after Napier, obviously. I think he's been he covered that job. I told y'all probably a month ago that there was just a couple jobs that he wants, right? He's had offers for the SEC. He doesn't want them. He wants to be back in this region. And there's Virginia Tech is one of the jobs that he really likes. And so I would not be surprised if he is the coach there. And I think he'd be an excellent hire. I think he's he's gonna he's gonna build a program, right? He's not just gonna have a good team. He's not just gonna recruit a couple of years of talent and bounce. He's gonna have a good program, and he'd be a guy that will be there for a long time. I I think Mike Houston's a real candidate for y'all. The ECU coach, you know, ties to the area, excellent coach. I think he's got a bit of a – he's done a really good job rebuilding ECU to where it is now, where they're at least competitive because they were not for a long time under Scotty Montgomery after they fired Ruffin. So Mike Houston would be a real name that I think is being considered, and I think he'd be a good hire too. I know uh, the Dave Clawson gets thrown around or got thrown around early. I don't know if he'd leave Wake for Virginia Tech, but I think he would do well there. I think he's he's smart culturally. I think he would fit in. Can he recruit that area? Probably. He has again. He's got Richmond ties. Um, you know, he is. It's just a matter of if if Virginia Tech would pull him from Wake. I don't know, but I think any Wake coach is smart to learn from Jim Grobe, where you know. <laughs> Jim Grove had two good years. Overstate is welcome. Eventually gets fired. Right, you you could only win so long at Wake Forest, and I really I really believe that. So, you know, Clawson, I wouldn't be surprised if he. I don't know if he'd go to Virginia Tech, cross conference, but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes somewhere, um, you know, Washington or something kind of random like that. But he's got the ties to that area, so it's not. It wouldn't be surprising. I I don't think. Virginia Tech gets far down their list. I think there's probably three or four guys, you know, Napier, Houston, Clawson, uh, who's a fourth. I'm not sure, but I'm sure it's not a very long list because it's it's a job somebody wants. And uh, you could get any one of those guys, so it's going to be their pick, I would imagine. Very good takes, Evan. Very good takes. What do you got for your open, Mike, Evan? You got something that you you. You know, it's it's interesting. I, I don't I don't know where I'm going with this one. I just I, the the one thing I think I see it and it really bugs me. And I know other I know y'all probably see it too. But within your own fan base, there's a lot of fighting, right? Our fans are fighting with each other about Dave Dorn. Is he good or is he not? You know that kind of thing. And I don't know, man. The one side of it, people are just. Oh, you know, y'all are crazy if you can't see it. And the other side is like, oh, you know, you're just a you're just a homer. I just everybody every fan base has their crazy fans, right? That's the nature of fans. That's the freaking definition of the word, fanatic. And 
I just don't think that people should be looking down upon others for having that opinion one way or another. Like it should be able to have a, a healthy debate and not or a healthy conversation, not always trying to convince somebody that they're wrong and you're right. And I see this all the time, and this is especially relevant for us because Dave is living right on that cusp, right? And like I said, if he gets eight wins, a lot of people said before season they weren't going to be happy. Are they going to adjust those expectations? And I think it's it's okay for people, and I'm just using us as an example, but it happens everywhere. And I saw it with the Florida fans who are hating on Dan Mullen and then you know just just being crazy. It's where it's okay to, you know, you can appreciate what a guy has done. I appreciate what Dave Dorn does, where he's built this program, right? He's, he's elevated the floor. Does it mean that there's no criticisms of it, of him? No. Does it mean if I criticize him that I don't like him? No. Does it mean I want him fired? No. Right. You can have these conversations, but man, people just go right to the extremes and it just gets tired. It's tiring. It's tiring to have a conversation with somebody and their immediate reaction is, why do you want to fire Dave? I was like, it's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I don't, I don't have that opinion yet, but I do say that, you know, certain things can be improved. And I think that's, that goes for every fan base, man. Every, everybody's just so polarized these days and it's, it gets, becomes tiring, right? You just want to have a conversation about like, I want to learn your opinion on this coach or this program or this, and you don't really get a back and forth. You get somebody like yelling at you or, you know, just inferring things you didn't say. And just, and it's exhausting. I think people just need to be more patient in life, but the micro example of it is, you know, college football and coaching and these things, like you can be a fan of a team and still have opinions on it or not like something that's happened or think they could be better. And for, you know, me in particular, that's it. Like, I want to be better. I did our latest podcast, which I think was one of our best ever. We had, it was 30 minutes, and it was just a response to the Cover 3 podcast talking about NC State. They had a fan question. And somewhere in there, the question asked, you know, should State fans be happy with seven, eight wins? And I said, no. Like, that's, I don't want to be, I don't, what am I doing here? What? Are, why am I paying my money? Why am I buying tickets if I can't strive for more? Like I want to be better. I want to win the division. I want to go to a conference, you know, conference title game. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay to have those expectations. It doesn't mean that I think Dave Dorn has done a bad job. And I think that applies to everybody, man. It just feels like the people are just get so over the top with not being able to understand that some people just want a little bit more. You know, we're fans. We want to win. I'm not okay with just being average, like. Sure, that's good that he's done that. He's elevated our floor. But stop losing to Wake Forest, right? Win some of those games. I want a little bit more. And it doesn't – it's not inferring anything, but I think a lot of people feel that way. And it's just – I don't know. There's no there's no discourse anymore, and it's, and it's tiring. So uh, people need to be, be more patient. I, I think that's a great statement, Evan, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you can have – I mean, as a fan and a supporter and alum and a donor, whatever you want to, you know, any of those categories or friend of the university, whatever, you can be, you can be a fan of that athletic program, but you can, but it's okay to be, you know, to have some, you know, critical or commentary thoughts. 
sometimes people will say, hey, you know, oh, you're not a fan because you're saying something negative. And, I, and I, I hear exactly where you're coming from. Is that, is, is, is that, is that kind of what I'm hearing in that, in that dialogue that, that you just yeah. talked about? Yeah, absolutely. It's they, they want to put you in a box on one side or the other. It's like, no. Like I, I think criticisms are healthy. I think you can have you know constructive criticism and not just be complaining to complain. Now I get it. There are some of those people that are, uh, you know, you lost the game, fire this guy. Like, but that's that's not the majority. That's not the majority for any fan base. Sure, I think sure. There's some, but yeah, there's just it's somewhere in the middle. There it needs to be, and people just don't don't like don't like to think that way anymore. I'm with you. I'm with you, Jeff, buddy. You're up. No, I, I thought the, the comments there by Evan, I mean, I, I think they were awesome. And, and, and he's exactly right. It, it's not a, uh, it's not tied to one particular fan base. Every fan base is doing the same things now. And, you know, we're on this podcast and we're on Twitter, you know, with each other, sometimes chatting and, and follow a lot of the same people. And it's, it's everywhere. And it, you know, you go even even Clemson fans, successful as they've been, you know, five games into the season, you know, it's like no no one is saying fire Dabo Sweeney, but I I'm positive if he has like an eight and four season next year, it's going to be like oh, we really need to think about going in another direction. There's somebody's going to be out there and say, you know, we might need to think about going in another direction. He's lost his touch. I mean, they said it about Alabama fans were saying it about Nick Saban a, a handful of years ago when he went three years without a national title. It's like, well, maybe the game's past Nick Saban behind. And I mean, yeah, I mean, right, right on, Evan. I, I totally agree. I mean, I. It, it's just like you can't have a stance on one way or the other without, you know, being labeled. And, and you know, that it's, it's a shame. We can have a lively debate. I mean, and sometimes things are, are clear. You know, you win a, you win a national championship or, or a conference championship and, and you should be good for, you know, uh, you know, three or four years. Or, you, you know, you have, you know, you miss a bowl game for, you know, three or four straight years. And, yeah, your coach, you know, is probably going to be on the hot seat. But I mean, all the stuff in the middle—it's like my my goodness. Um, I mean, I think one fan base that's now pretty united, and we talked about him a little while ago, was was Jeff Collins, and I, I'm, I'm not gonna—he's—he's—he's he's, he's getting to be not worth my time talking about it anymore. But uh, I just want to—the <laughs> one thing, you know, after the debacle against Notre Dame, and they're gonna get woodshedded by by Georgia this weekend. It, it it you know that game will be out of hand. You know, 15 minutes into the game, if that. Um, but kind of, you know, browsing the, the talking to other Georgia Tech fans, seeing their their boards and, and people who I think follow Georgia Tech very well. I, I think there's a there's a, you know, an 80, 85 percent chance that he's going to be back next year. But I think his staff is going to get gutted and I think it's going to happen on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think he's going to just. He's been, they're going to have massive changes on that side of the football, and you know the offense hasn't been great, but the, but the defense has been an absolute train wreck um, since the, for the last two months, and and that side of the ball is just going to get uh, completely gutted. Um, another one I want to take a look at here, who seems to kind of perpetually be on the hot seat and not very well liked by his fan base, you know, is Brad Brownell. Man, this weekend, what an absolute missed opportunity by Clemson and, and ACC is wide open 
this year, you know, once you get past Duke and Virginia Tech, you know, no team has really kind of stepped out front and, and said, hey, we might be the, the third, fourth, you know, best teams. You got Syracuse losing to Colgate and Florida State, um, you know, getting getting beat pretty good by Florida last weekend. I mean, it's, it's actually it's quite a few, um, you know, ugly non-conference losses. And, and Clemson this weekend was five good minutes of basketball from either beating St. Bonaventure or beating West Virginia and absolutely just wilted in the last handful of minutes in both of those games. And if you, they'd have picked up either one of those, I mean, that would have been, you know, one of the better non-conference wins um, an ACC team has had this year. They played so well today, actually against West Virginia and that relentless pressure, but it finally got to them and they just, they really wilted down the stretch missing free throws. And, you know, Brad Brennan, he's been at Clemson for forever. And after the way they kind of, really fell into the NCAA, kind of backed into it, the NCAA tournament last year. He needed a good a good start, something positive to happen. And, and this goes back to what you were saying, Evan. I mean, the fan base is, is, is ready to go and, and, and go in another direction. We'll see how, how it goes for him. But um, it was, an, it was a definitely a missed opportunity for Clemson. You know, they played pretty well this weekend and, and come back from Charleston, you know, with, with a one-and-two record. In, in those three games and the only win being over a pretty bad temple team and uh, just a missed opportunity for Clemson. Cause they, they really played pretty well in Char- down in Charleston in that tournament just couldn't finish those games. I think that's a good point, Jeff. I, I will say, I want to see what Virginia tech's going to do against Memphis this week before I make any broad scale judgments about the Hokies. This is, I mean, the Hokies have put, you know, they've, I mean, they've done, very well so far. I mean, they're number yeah. one in the country in field goal percent uh, in, 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 in scoring defense, which I was, I was a little shocked about to see that today and number one in three point scoring defense, but you know, and they haven't done, you know, they've done what they've had to do against the teams that are in, you know, that are inferior, the buy games is <laughs> the buy games as they say. Right. Yeah, I mean, just, just doing I that mean, for an ACC let's, team let's, puts you ahead of like two thirds of the teams right now by just taking care of business. But yeah, I was going to say, let's slow the roll in the national stat talk. They just played Mary Mack. Yeah. School of the Blind, Bradford, <laughs> Navy, right. the I Lobsters. See- yeah, like. <laughs> I don't think we know who's who in the ACC at the moment. Yeah, I want to see what – and it's a good point. I mean, I, well, Virginia lost to Navy, you know, so I will say that. But I do want to see what the Hokies do against old Metro Conference rival Memphis this week in the preseason NIT. That's, that'll give me a good measuring stick on where Virginia Tech is on, on, uh, on, yeah. on the progress of their program. I, I, I do think Mike Young has made – substantial you know he's done very well so far at virginia tech and his offensive system fits virginia tech he's worked the transfer portal well he's recruited well he's a very good x's and o coach he's a good fit for he's a good fit for blacks he's a good fit for blacksburg it's weird that when you find a a coach that uh that has his dream home on Smith Mountain Lake, right? I mean that that you don't run into those that that run run into that aspect there very often, or a coach that actually from Southwest Virginia, from Radford. So that I mean, but we'll find out a little more about the Hokies this week. And I I agree with what Evan said about you know I don't think we, we're not really going to know too much about 
the ACC until we get to conference season. Uh, you know, Virginia Tech has to go on the road to do. I think I, I have to verify this with the schedule, but I think Virginia Tech will play be playing Duke in North Carolina before even before the New Year. I believe. Uh, I got the schedule up. You want me to yeah, look? yeah, yeah. Let me know there because I thought they were yeah. playing Duke in North Carolina on the road before the New Year. Correct. Twelve twenty-two at Duke. Twelve twenty-nine at Carolina. And the last time, the last time Virginia Tech made a trip like that with both consecutive games on the road was 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 when Seth Greenberg was the coach in uh, two thousand six, two thousand seven, and they won both down there against Duke in North Carolina. So, uh, you know, hopefully, I, I know I know I'll have a state a few staters on my timeline rooting for the Hokies that night. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, hopefully, we'll have. Hopefully, we'll be. Hopefully, we'll be seeing no defense there from uh, from either team. So, Evan, thank you so much for joining us on the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. We're sorry about the technical difficulties. We're glad we got them solved. Anytime, fellas. And we loved having you come on the show. And like I said, you've been a great supporter of this podcast and this website. For years, you've been with. Uh, I mean, you participate in Q and As when we did the, we did, did those on the blogs, and you participate in Twitter content with us and interacting all the time and on podcasts. I mean, preseason. Uh, I mean, I I, I kind of joke about it with our with our friends, but I mean, you know, I think we had you on one time where you said state's gonna be tw- state's gonna start out twelve and zero, and we had you on and we had you on and we were right there at eight and zero. We're like, man, you're this close to it. <laughs> Look, I got a little homer in me. I, I'll admit it, but uh, I like it though. I mean, don't change. Don't change. We all are, man. I mean, and, and and you were right there at eight. No, and it's like, man, you're only four games away. You know, so. And, but we loved having you come on the show, and we'd love to have you come on again sometime, man. Thanks, Anytime, so much. fellas. You know, and, and I appreciate it. You know, it's guys like you and. You know, all the other guys that are that we interact with that are doing their own things and creating their own content. And, you know, I think that's it's important to support each other. So, you know, I appreciate the support you all have given me. And, you know, the least I can do is uh, pay it back. Hey, thanks so much, man. Have a great Thanksgiving. You too. You too, guys. Take care, guys. Bye. Yeah.